this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. We've been in a series called Stand. Based in Ephesians, it says, And having done all, stand. And having done all, stand. I think oftentimes we try to stand even if we haven't done it all. And sometimes that gives us a weak foundation. But I want to talk this morning for a few minutes about a time in your life that we've all experienced, but we probably haven't put a name to it. And we know that time is measured in seasons. And so there's this time in between seasons in which we must pivot. Now, I wanted to share a story with you this morning, and I know that the atmosphere is ripe for healing, so God's just going to continue to touch people. But I'm going to go tell you a quick story about my past. So I remember in high school, uh, all the way from, I think it was like third grade, I started playing basketball. And I love basketball. You can, Terrence, we'll, we'll go play anytime. We'll go to the park and play. But I realize, I realize that the season of playing basketball like I used to is probably a little gone. I still got ups though. And as I was thinking about that this week, I was brought back to one of the first things I learned in basketball. So in basketball camp, they do a lot of things. So if you're a basketball player, you're going to track with me. If you're not, you just nod your head and I'll be good. And uh, we can explain it later. You'll get it tomorrow. Isn't that what we always say? The Spirit will reveal it to you tomorrow. But I remember that someone threw me the ball. And when they threw me the ball, I began to run with it. And I heard lots of screams and lots of shouts and like, what are you doing? You can't run with the ball. Because when you're in possession of the ball, there are rules. You'll get that one later too. When you're in possession of the ball, there are rules. And one of the rules is you cannot move unless you're performing an action with the ball in which it bounces off the floor or you pass the ball, but you can't just run with it. And so in all of my years of playing basketball, there were times along the way whenever I got excited and I just started to run with the ball. I don't remember it ever happening in a big game, but I remember it happening. But the one thing that I learned is that even when you have the ball and there's all these rules that don't let you move with the ball to go to another place, there is a rule that is in the book that says that you actually have some things you can do with the ball. And that is that when someone passes you the ball or you pick up your dribble, you still have the option to pivot. 
Now, pivoting, for those of you who have never played basketball, means you have a pivot foot. You can choose left or right. Doesn't matter. I prefer left. But you can place the foot in the ground. And you can do all kinds of things as long as that foot stays there. You can just move all around as long as that foot stays to the ground. But it's a point at which when you're holding the ball and someone is in your face, that you're not out of options. Terrence, come here for a second. I know you got your coffee. But this is better than coffee. I don't like going up against him because he, he, can, he can take me to school, but I might still get him from the three-point line. But if Terrence is guarding me, let's go that way so our camera guy go that way. There you go. So he's guarding me, and I have the ball, and I have no options other than to pivot. I can pass it. I can shoot. Yes, I got it. But I can't just take off running, although that would be fun. <laughs> so I have the ball, and I can pivot and keep him behind me so that I'm focused where I want to go. And I can keep the ball away from him and I can do it for a long time and probably make him tired so he wants to go drink more coffee. <laughs> but I can keep the ball away from him without moving, without going to a different location, but I can pivot all the time. I can go from this place and I can shoot, I can pass, I can pass, I can do all different things. But oftentimes, isn't it like this in your life or is it just me? That when the enemy looks like he's got you blocked, you forget you can pivot. Thank you, Terry. I'm glad you can catch. <laughs> a pivot point is a point at which you change direction to go forward, to go backwards, to go into a new season, a new place. And I believe this morning that God wants to release a word over this region, and today is a pivot point. When the enemy looks like he's all over you, it looks like cancer's back. It looks like all the things that the enemy is going to throw at you, he emptied the whole bag this week. It's time to pivot. We must understand that in times and seasons like this, we can understand what to do. We should understand what to do. We have the constitution for our life that shows us how people pivoted. And I remember the first time I learned how to pivot wasn't because somebody stood over on the sideline and told me how to do it. It's because somebody actually came up to me and said, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to do it right here, and you're going to do it right here. And what I do, you're going to do exactly as I do. We make basketball too complicated. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. We make a walk with Jesus too complicated. It's pretty simple. When the enemy looks like he's got you pinned in a corner and you are trapped, you've still got to pivot. I want to take you into scripture this morning, a scripture that you've probably heard, but it's sort of hidden. First Chronicles 12. Turn with me there. It'll be on the screen, but... 1 Chronicles 12, 32. There's this group of people in the Israeli nation, there's this group of people that understood something that no one else understood. They knew how to pivot. 
they knew how to pivot. I want to read this to you. Of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Can you believe scripture tells us that there's a group of this tribe that understood the times and seasons of the day? And they knew how to direct people. They knew how to direct the nation to escape, to get where they need to go. This clan of Israel was unique. They were able to comprehend, understand, read, and perceive the times of seasons. They were able to tell the entire nation what to do. One tribe with 200 people were able to direct the whole nation. Here's the thing. I believe that the church in 2021 in America has been smacked down. I believe that the enemy thinks he got us. The enemy thinks he's got us. As I talk with pastors all around, numbers are here, numbers are there, giving's here, giving's there. The enemy thinks he's got us, but everyone I talk to in this region says, no, we're about ready to pivot. We're about ready to pivot. We're about ready to see God do what he said he would do. Now here's a problem. If Terrence is in front of me, and I don't know what to do. I can see he's a problem. I can see he's a defender and he's in between what I know I'm supposed to be doing. But I don't know what to do. I may just run with the ball. I may just break a rule. I may step out of what I know is right to do because I don't know the time. I don't know the season. If you don't know what time it is, you will never know what to do. You see, I believe that the church for so long has been thinking that we're in 1964, where everybody walks in from the parking lot, dressed the same, with the same masks on, to come in here and sing some songs and cross it off the list. And am I saying that nothing happened in 1964? Come on, make sure you know, know how to hear this morning. That's not what I'm saying. But there was a time when it was the normal thing to do that everybody, even if they didn't even know who God was, they were going to march in the door on Sunday morning. And I think that the church, for some reason, and I don't know, the church, for some reason, has believed that we're in that season. And that the world out there is just longing to come in here, but they forgot to put in their GPS this morning. They're not. They couldn't care less what you are doing this morning. They couldn't care less the miracles that have already happened in the room. I already know what's going on. They, they couldn't care less about this. Why? Because they don't know it's about their time. I remember the first time we went on a field trip in school to the zoo. And I, I, it must have been in kindergarten or first grade. It was one of the real small grades. And I remember we didn't leave until like right before lunch for some reason. And I am so sorry to that teacher 
because it was it was it was not only we were going to a zoo the classroom was a zoo because we were in expectation of what we were about to go do and that we were going to get to ride in a big yellow deal and go down the road and it was going to be so much fun because we knew the next season and what it looked like i am believing for a church that is so connected to the Holy Spirit that we begin to see what we're about to go into and we begin, to, we begin to get excited and not just come in and check it off the list or sit in our seat all the whole time and go back to, there are people that come to church on Sunday and fornicate Sunday night. There are people that come to church on Sunday and are drunk all week. That, that's whatever, they're gonna meet Jesus and, and be delivered, I get it. But I'm ready for a church that is so ready to, to be anticipating what God is about to do in our midst if you don't know what time it is you're probably doing the wrong thing with the wrong person we have a society today that is doing the wrong things with the wrong people we have we have a society today that is moving in a way that they're so completely oblivious to righteousness that they're doing the wrong things with the wrong people. And that lack of righteousness in the church is the reason why we can't see the next season. Because as we stand with our, with our basketball and we're ready the thing in front of us is so large that we can't see the other four players on the court. We can't see the next season because we're so overcome by the enemy. If your life is measured in time, some have lived a long time, some a short time. But if your life is measured in time, then every moment of time that you are not focused on your destiny to do what God's created you to do on this planet, then you are killing your future. And I believe that it's an abused life. Now, I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm preaching to myself. But wasted time is wasted life. And living your life without purpose is wasting all that God has invested in you. And we have a church that believes that the season that we're in is the season from 40 years ago. And so we're not living up the, to the potential that God has for us in this season. So these, these people, the, this tribe was able to understand and see the things around them that no one else was seeing. And they were able to identify the enemy. They were able to identify what was going to hinder them from doing what God had directed them to do. And I believe there's a prophetic generation rising in the church that will not only be able to tell the church where to go and how to deal with things, 
but one that's going to actually tell the nations where to go and how to do things. You see, because God is raising up a seeing generation. So, if you're like me, God has had to deal with me sometimes, and God created time, and we've gone through this, you can go back and watch it, but he created time, and then he put man in it, but he didn't come in with us. That was sneaky. That was sneaky. So, when God deals with me, he's not dealing with me from the perspective of looking at Terrence, who's six foot three, and I can't see the goal. He's looking at me like the statistician or the filming guy that's the the announcer that's up in the booth who can see the whole plan, who can see the whole layout of everything going on. Have you ever heard the announcers? They never seem to get rattled when there's defense and it's smothering the offense. They're not rattled because they're seeing the whole perspective. See, God created time, and he said, man, you're going to go into time. Thank goodness he did, or that hip problem that you have would go for eternity. Right? If you, if you don't get receive your healing today, it would go on for eternity. But he sees that greater perspective because he's not in time with us. And so the church, for so long, we've been looking at time. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. I'm tired of hearing all the prophetic words and all the people saying, it's going to happen in Tuscarawas County. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm not mocking you. I'm saying, when are we going to walk into the season that we've been prophesying about? He so wants to do this stuff. He's waiting for us to get on board. And if our focus is on the giant in front of us or the season behind us, we will never walk into the destiny that he has for us. So when God talks to me, when he talks to you, he's talking to you as the triumphant you. He's talking to you as the one who made it through the crucible. The one who messed up so much stuff. He's talking to you as the one who came through it. Who, who paid the price, who humbled themselves and came through it to the other side, who was able to actually conquer this. That's who he's talking to you as. And so when you're in your quiet place, when you're worshiping the Lord and he starts speaking to you, he's not speaking to you, the one that this thing happened when you were 16 and this thing happened when you were 25 and this thing happened to you and, and this thing came upon you and cancer was here. No, he's talking to you as the one that is completely whole. Completely whole. And he's saying, I have a season for you to walk in wholeness, to see the great things that I have spoken to you so that you would understand how great my love is for you. And if the church still reflects on 1964, we will miss the greater things that he has for us. When he says to you, the next season of your life is going to be filled with great things. But you still have the pain. You still have the hurt. You still have all those things. But you know, you read in Scripture that the next season is so good. 
brace yourself because he's about to accelerate you into that season. You see, just as the announcers can see the front court, the back court, they can see it all from up there. They see the goals on both ends. The scriptures tell us that God is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He sees the whole deal. He sees the mistakes. He sees the mix-ups. He sees the times when I say the wrong thing in the wrong tone because it's about me. He sees all that. And he says, but there is, there is something. There is something else. I'm not, I'm not looking to you to be the answer. I'm looking to you to be obedient. Ecclesiastes 3, love this scripture, where it talks about to everything there is a season. To everything there is a purpose under heaven. Looked at the person to your left, look at the person to your right. Everything that he created has seasons. Everything he created has seasons. And to everything that he created, there is a purpose. The church has missed the purpose. We've missed the purpose. It's not about a building, it's about people. We have missed the purpose of this season. The season of COVID wasn't to hunker down and to just let the enemy do what he wants to do. At least here at this house, we went deep. We went deep. We said, listen, if the winds are going to blow again, we want roots that are down so far it ain't going to shake us. But what I'm telling you is, is we've come out of that and there's this malaise on the church. Yeah, there's a revival coming. I get it. But I don't believe we're supposed to wait till September 17th. I believe the revival that God wants to do is when you leave this place today to take the weight off of you, to get rid of it all so that you can walk in freedom. Everything that exists on this planet, including you, was brought into existence for a purpose. We have a lot of purposeless people walking around who don't understand what their purpose is. And so they, they can be amazing people. They can be amazing believers. But lacking purpose, they drift. Laugh, lacking purpose, they, they sleep with the wrong person. They do the things that they know they shouldn't do or that, that they think they shouldn't do or that they feel they shouldn't do. They do those things because they're lacking their own understanding of their purpose. Every single person in here is an original. There's no other one like you on the planet. You're an original. And you were created with a purpose that no one else is going to fulfill. And I've heard sermons my whole life. If you don't do it, God will send somebody else. No, I'm telling you. You were created for a purpose, to do something in a specific way because God has gifted you in that way. And if you don't do what he's called you to do, he may have somebody else do it, but it won't be as good as what the original was going to do with it. And so right now, the church is allowing the government, the church is allowing the world to dictate what happens because we don't know our purpose. We don't know what season we're in. Some may want to go back to the season of, oh, this is persecution on the church. No, it's not. No, it's not. 
I believe we've seen things and, and oppression has come up against us. I get it. And there's going to be tribulation to come. I get all that stuff. But you know what? This is the season where God is awakening a church that is passionate about who he is because they got touched and radically changed. And they're going to actually understand what it means to go forth. And time isn't going to matter. There's a coming a time in this house where we're going to worship for days. Days. People will come in this place. People will come in this place and say, oh, I'm coming for Sunday service. And we're like, well, we started three weeks ago. Like, come on in. Join in. We've been going for three weeks. Why? Because God is ready to pour out. And he is pouring out right now. He's pouring out on the church the next season. It's that purpose that is in you that has a season attached to it. You may be in the raising kids season. You may be in the retirement season. But every one of those seasons has a purpose attached to it. I was meeting with someone a couple weeks ago who's 89. And they were talking about how amazing life is at 89. The things that they've done, the things they've accomplished, not in years past, but in the last three weeks. Why? Because they understand the purpose that they are on this planet for. And it's time for the church to come into alignment with its purpose. Because the season is here for us to fulfill our purpose. so focused on the past season whether it be hurt or maybe it was a great one and, and we know that there's a pivot coming we can feel it there's a pivot coming but we don't really know what that means it is easier for us to hang on to the old season because the old season was comfortable because the old season felt good when we had it on so one time I was flying out to go, I don't know what I was doing. I just need more frequent flyer miles. Anyway, we were going, I was going somewhere by myself. And I remember I looked, I sat in the plane, I was looking at people coming on. And we're leaving Cleveland Hopkins Airport. And there's this man who comes on and he's wearing jeans. He's wearing I don't know what he was wearing under his coat, but he had this heavy coat on and he had a stocking cap on and he walks on the plane and we were going to Phoenix. And I thought, how many times in my life have I worn the wrong thing to the wrong season? I've been dressed for the season that was in my rearview mirror, not going to the season that God has called me to go to. And I was not dressed to impress. I was dressed to regress. And I believe that God is saying, church, it's time to rise up. It's time to get ready for the season. It's time to get dressed. It's time to get your cologne on. It's time to get ready to roll. Because there's some people in this world that don't even know that their day is coming. 
but they feel a rumbling inside of them. They know that some of the things they're doing are wrong. They know that some of the things that they're doing just aren't adding up to the success that they know they need. They know that something's about ready to happen. But I'm telling you, if the church doesn't get dressed and ready to go for the next season, they're going to be rumbling for a long time. So I didn't say anything to the guy I wanted to say. It's 102 in Phoenix. But I didn't. Because understanding the times and seasons, it's great that there's a group of Israelites that knew how to do it, but it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. You have to get so close to Jesus that you understand the times and the seasons. And I'm believing that our church... This family is going to get so close to Jesus that we'll be able to tell you who's going to win the mayorship. We're going to tell you who's going to win all the different races. We're going to be able to tell you all that stuff long before it happens because we know the times and we know the seasons and we know how to direct people and we know how to direct our own lives. Our lives should be measured by how effective we have lived, not by how long we've lived. Many people are so proud of their age. Many people that I've talked to, I'm 75 and I've been in the church my whole life. I've got these gray hairs to prove it, I've heard. But you know what? God doesn't care how long you've been in the church. God doesn't care about any of that. He wants to know, what have you been doing for me while you were getting the gray hair? Because what you've been doing for me while you were getting the gray hair is what changes the world. Now, some of you, like Terrence, don't have any, and that's amazing. But as you get them, God's saying, what are you going to do for me? Jesus didn't say, well said, well attended, well prophesied, my good and faithful servant. He said, well done. This is a season of doneship combined with sonship, which means we have oneship with Him. It's all about understanding our season. Now, some of you may say, I don't, you're, you're like, you're, you're, way, you're way out there this morning, Pastor. It's been prophesied for years and years and years that there was a, a new light shining in our, in our area. But we haven't seen it. Well, it's time for us to get so close to Jesus that we can't not see it. Because I can tell you that the closer I get to his heart, the more he highlights in my life that I need to change. But the more he highlights his love for those around me and my desire for them to get healed, delivered, set free, cleansed, repaired, whole, drives me. Sometimes he says, don't even engage in that. I got it under control. And other times he says, call at two o'clock in the morning and do what I say. But when your heart is motivated for what he's motivated for, we begin to see the ministry that he's called us to, and that's the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation, not just so that we can be reconciled to the Father, but that we can be agents of change and reconciliation to the world around us. 
He's so good. Matthew 24, 14. Turn with me really quickly. And this gospel, what gospel? The gospel of the summit? The gospel of Pastor Rob? The gospel of Jesus? No, it's not what it says. Jesus never preached the gospel of himself. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. And it says, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as witnesses to all the nations. And then the end will come. You see, I'm way away from my Baptist roots here, but I'm going to go out on a limb. That I believe that Jesus states in this scripture that he's given the ending coming, the time of the end, in our hands. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. That tells me that the gospel of the kingdom hasn't been preached around the world yet. The gospel of the kingdom hasn't been preached in Dover yet. To every person. And that's our job. The gospel of the kingdom. Saying to the poor, the best news I can tell you is you don't have to be there. Saying to the sick, the best news I can tell you is you don't have to remain there. Sealed, delivered, healed, set free. As I got up this morning, the Lord gave me this word for you. So would you close your eyes and just hold your hands out? This is not just for the summit. I believe this is for our region. And as I declare it to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state it exactly as he said it to me this morning. To my ecclesia I write, I am releasing a new anointing upon my ecclesia. The time has come for a new season, a major shift in this region and in my ecclesia. It is time to shift into harvest mode. The season is now to see revival like the prophet Joel had prophesied. For decades, even back to the founding of the Tuscarawas Valley, the demonic locusts have eaten, crawled, and consumed the harvest meant for me. But right now, you are entering a new season where the power of the forever loser will not be able to stall or hinder my harvest. You, my ecclesia, will now begin to rise and rule with power and authority, laying waste to every plan of the forever loser. I have been calling my ecclesia to awaken, and I am here to say, my ecclesia is now awake. They have come to understand that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. The multitudes right outside your doors are awaiting you to move with my power and authority. And I have sent angel armies to shift the region back to me. My angel armies have begun to make war on your behalf, to bind and loose things over this region and watch as the shift begins to take place. Rise up, my ecclesia, and rule in my name. My angel armies will join you 
in dethroning the forever loser. I want to go back to the scripture real quick. Joel 2 verse 25. It says this. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts. My great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my men, men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We're there, folks. And I will show wonders in heaven and on earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and in Dover and in New Philadelphia and in Tuscarawas County, there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Ladies and gentlemen, you're the remnant. It's time to get in his presence. So I'm going to propose to you something. As of right now, we are 21 days from July 4th. And I believe that you have the opportunity, I'm inviting you to join me for the next 21 days in prayer and fasting for this region. You do what the Lord says. If you got medical conditions, you listen to the Lord on all that. I'm not here to tell you to do something that would harm you. But I believe that God is calling us to a 21-day fast to pray, to intercede, to believe that what he has promised in this season will show forth in this county. And I'm calling the Summit family to join me in this fast and prayer for your street, for your neighbor, for the person that works next to you, and as you begin to intercede for them, as you begin to pray for them, as you begin to fast, you will begin to see breakthrough. And I believe that in this next season that we are pivoting to right now, even as we speak right now, that we are going to see the greatest harvest that has ever come to this region. But it will only come if we get close to Jesus. If we get closer than we are today, if we allow him to uproot things in our life and change who we are, if we allow him to take all the things that the world wants us to argue about, 
race, gender, all that stuff. If we take it all and say, listen, I'm not going to deal with that for 21 days. I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm going to turn off the internet. I'm going to turn it all off. And I'm going to take 21 days to know what the Lord says about all this. And in the end, when the time is done, on July 4th, when we celebrate our country, the greatest country on the planet of the earth, I believe we're already going to have testimonies of revival. And what better way to celebrate Independence Day than people who became independent from themselves and dependent on the Lord? Would you stand with me today? I declare and decree that Tuscarawas County will be ablaze with revival. We will see the greatest awakening in history in this land. We will not be compromising to the truth. We will rise now to occupy the throne of this region. And in Jesus' name, we cleanse the heavens over Stark County, Tuscarawas County, Holmes County, we cleanse the heavens over this region of principalities and powers of darkness. And we loose the angel armies to take all the decrees and all the things that have been prayed down through the generations and activate them right now. Father, today we hold before you everything that we have. Lord, sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's hard. We hold that before you today and we ask you, come and wreck us. Come and tear down the walls of our heart that we may see everyone around us as you see them. A son, a daughter, a king and a priest. Lord, may we begin to treat those around us as if you were standing right beside us because you're in us. But just imagining you standing there, how would we say that thing? How would we do that thing? For the revival of this nation and of this world in seed form is in every heart of every believer. And so Lord, in this day, when we welcome our Summit family together to worship all together as one, I declare that the seeds of revival in the hearts of every man, woman, and child are going to begin to mature. They're going to begin to produce fruit in homes, in businesses, and in churches all throughout this region. May the light that you are flow in us through us to the world so that those may be, that may be living in darkness today would see the light and that we may know how good you are so Lord over the next 21 days there's going to be ups there's going to be downs there's going to be things that try to stop us from putting you number one. And I just declare that every assignment of the enemy is broken over this house, over these people, and that they would be able to focus on you like never before. 
And that when we come back in here to celebrate this great nation, we will celebrate what you're doing in the hearts and minds of the people in the cities all around here. Because you've done it today. You've unlocked something in our hearts today. May we learn how to pivot. May we learn how to walk in newness of life with you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Would you just talk to him for a minute? I love it when I, my daughter's in Buffalo and for a few weeks. And I just, I love it when she calls. Because I get to hear her voice and I get to hear what God is doing. Would you just this morning, would you just tell the Lord how much you love him? Loud enough that you can hear yourself. Praise you, Lord. Mm, you are so good. You are so good. Mm. Man. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You're such a good dad. You're such a good dad. Mm. You care for every need we have. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. We worship you. Come have your way among us today. Lord, I pray and declare over every prayer closet that is, that is referenced here this morning, that heard this word. I pray that the glory of heaven, the kabod of God, would rest in your prayer room, in your house, in a new way. That when you walk in there, you won't be able to stand, you won't be able to sit, you will have to lay on your face as you cry out to him for your neighbor. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated for a minute as we do our announcements and our offering. God is so good. I know you'll hear testimonies of this morning. I'm just telling you, brace yourself. There's some good things happening. So the big announcement is this. How many men are in the room? Okay. So not that we're excluding the ladies. You have your Monday night thing. But on Friday night, June 25th at 6.30, it says, Brats, Burgers, and Beans. Fellowship and fun for all the men. Friday, June 25th at 6.30. And if you have a cornhole game, bring it. And I know there's other people going to be joining us, Brother Mike. I know that there's other people coming too. So uh, not only will you meet our family and get to know our family better, but I think there's going to be people coming to serve you that are not of our family, Summit family, but of the family of God, which is really cool. So... He's just, oh man, it's good. We're just going to wait a minute because he's just. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. 
if we stand, if we stand in this season, and we're not wavered by the waves of the world, He will prove Himself faithful. He will prove Himself faithful. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, for the person here who came here not knowing what to expect, we thank you for showing up. For the person who came here burdened down with things in their life that made them so nervous, we thank you for showing up. For those who came with bad diagnosis from the doctor, we thank you for showing up and touching them today. And Father, for those who have been walking a rocky road in relationships, we thank you, Lord, that you see the beginning and the end. Help us to not see the enemy in front of us. Help us to see those who are on our team as you move in our lives. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.